0: Fam, I'm Abe Granoff. Joining me today and always is my co-host and longtime best friend, Jack Settleman. Jack, happy Martin Luther King Day today. What is on your mind today?
1: It's ironic that I feel like Lamar Jackson has been such a core tenant in this content of Snapback Sports, the podcast, my company, my life. And I am so disinterested in talking mm. about him for the next eight months. Mm. I do not, I'm just so, at this point, my stance is sign him whatever contract he wants, but I do not want to talk about mm. it ever First again. First time.
0: Usually you want to shove him down our throats.
1: What's yeah, changed? It's- uh i i'm just sick and tired of it and it's been like two hours since i woke up like ian Rappaport's already reporting on it uh, you know after the game i thought maybe we get a little morning period i'll say this and i said this to you in your apartment yesterday i genuinely believe lamar jackson has a knee injury that he couldn't play marlon confirmed it after the game Could that sounds- same injury
0: can can you not fly with a knee injury either i'm confused
1: you can. And wow. that's where I am. I'm disappointed. I don't know why he wasn't there yesterday. Snoop's his best friend. It's his boy. You would think that if you're the franchise quarterback, that you would be able to help the team from the sideline uh, in in a, a many different ways. So not sure why he wasn't there. Um, I well, told... What better
0: way to if he is if Snoop is his best friend, then like, what? Like, you're there for your boy, and you want to give your boy every opportunity they can. So, like, what better opportunity is it than Lamar saying to Snoop, hey, take this team. You can have them. I don't need them anymore.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I think on the game, it's just so frustrating because Mm -hmm. anyone – at least I think so. You can tell me if I'm wrong. Anyone right. watching that game knows that the Ravens were the better team. Mm-hmm. Honestly, More flat of out baby in the playoffs dominated Cincinnati. Uh, and so that's the frustrating part is they they played. You know, a, the defense played their ass off. Uh, the offense was fairly good. And the way to lose the game is you you fumble the ball on the one yard line and they run it back for 99 yards. So that's the the shitty part is nine months till the next time they play. And you can understand this as a team that's always in the hunt, whether it's going to playoffs or right there. It's not only eight or nine months until the next game, but then it's four more months of really just like fodder. Like, let's get back to that just for one 60-minute game. And so when the quarterback goes down and then you play a, a, a picture-perfect game to a degree and lose it, it's just like you got to wait a whole nother year to get back to that point. It's that stinks. But that's why, you know, sports are so, so entertaining because it's reality TV to the max.
0: Listen, Ian Rappaport murdered the Dolphins and the Ravens um, last week, even before these games were played. And Jack, credit to you. You showed up. You showed up. I didn't I didn't make you do a hot mic last night, mostly because I think I'd rather get some beauty sleep than I would troll <laughs> you, which says a lot about my character at this point in my life. But I will give you credit because you showed up, unlike our co host Mm. Who is not here, whose team also suffered a, a heartbreaking defeat yesterday? Whose team had a chance to win the game at the end of the game? Um, but you showed up. Eagleson did not. Ian Rappaport murdered the Dolphins and Ravens in the middle of last week, and yesterday was just the proper the proper burial, the proper funeral. It, it's this. It's the order of operations when somebody passes away or a team passes away, like the Ravens and the Dolphins did. And now you know what. There's eight teams. There's nine teams remaining technically until tonight after this comes out or yeah, whatever. Um, but that what you guys. The path was there and, and you <laughs> I will give it to you. You you outlined it perfectly run all over them, have the defense stand up. They did that. Um, and you know what? You guys were one, we can call it one QB sneak away from moving on to the next round. Now, you would have been up a touchdown with seven minutes left. Who knows? Could have gone to overtime. You never know how that plays out.
1: That's uh, shit. If we had taken a fucking knee kick to field goal, we were winning that game. I mean, they they couldn't even.
0: The, the bright side is you have Lamar, right, for now. And even if yep. you lose him, you have Huntley. And Huntley was a QB sneak away from from moving on to the divisional round and winning a playoff game on the road and then going to mm-hmm. Duval, are you kidding me, or Kansas City? Yeah. And the beauty is that's that's easily correctable. There's a team that plays next Saturday at 8.15. That's one of the best QB sneaks of all time that Huntley can sit down, watch the tape, learn how to sneak, maybe not try and stand on his offensive lineman's shoulder on the one-yard line and do a little dance before going into the end zone and reaching the ball up. But the, the, the film is out there for Huntley to improve. Right. So so even if you lose your guy, you're filling him in with a guy. And, and I think you can wake up this morning and spin it that way and be a little happy. Um, stock down. We're not doing stock up, stock down, but I'm just going to throw a few stock down, stock down to a little piece of paper that is located in the stadium um, mm. in, in Phoenix, Arizona right now in a bathroom. If you find it, you can probably get like 500 bucks or something. I don't even know what Jack does anymore. That had the Ravens, Eagles Super Bowl. You might. You might be half right, and I think you will be half right. But R.I.P. to that note, which had the Ravens in the Super Bowl, and it's it's like Jack. The window is kind of officially closed. Like this is now. Now's the time. Like Lamar's getting his money now,
2: from Mm -hmm. somewhere.
0: It doesn't. We don't know who it is. But we always talk about that window, rookie contract window. Jalen Hurts has it right now. The Eagles have it. Uh, The Niners have it with Brock Purdy. Built a great roster around them. Daniel Jones is still on a rookie contract. They're still in the playoffs. There is few teams available that are paying quarterbacks top dollar that still have a chance, and uh, and Joe Burrow is still on a rookie contract. But now it appears as if that window is officially shut and locked for the Baltimore Ravens, and it's not. It, maybe it reopens in, in a matter of months when Lamar takes his talents elsewhere, and you and you fill it in with a different rookie contract. But the window is shut in Baltimore. And I'm, I'm, listen, I'm not a fly on the wall on Ravens Twitter. I would love to be today, any other day of the week. I probably would not. But something tells me the mood is rather somber and like that we kind of, nobody was expecting you to run the table and go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. But it feels like everyone's kind of having that realization like, okay, we lost last night, but we did play well enough to win it. And now it's like, Nothing to look forward to other than the fact that we don't know if we have a quarterback anymore. And is this organization botching the Lamar Jackson situation? So I imagine Ravens fans, for reasons other than the game last night, are waking up in a very, very, very somber mood today. And I fucking love it, plain and simple.
1: (laughs) To be clear, Lamar Jackson's not walking anywhere. He's not picking a team. Lamar Jackson is still under the Ravens' control. They will tag him. It's not a choice that Lamar Jackson can make. He can hold out. But he is not walking anywhere in free agency. So Lamar will either be the quarterback next year under a long-term contract. He'll either be the quarterback next year under a franchise tag. If he wants to sit out, he can sit out. Or we would tag him and trade him. And at that point, I guess, you know, then we would get assets back, but uh, I I was really excited because the defense was exactly what I knew it to be, and that's what's the most disappointing part is Marcus Peters we'll, is
0: what you knew it to be.
1: Yeah, he, he's everything I knew. He's a very washed up corner, but the <laughs> defensive unit was was fantastic, and that's the most disappointing part. Was like you knew how good the team was around Lamar. And, and you just, I wish we could have Who seen it Who how them. good
0: the team was around Lamar?
1: I mean, I, I do. Like, it, it's very clear to me that the defense is fantastic. You run the shit out of the ball. And you pick your spots in the pass game. And that's what the Ravens did last night. And, yeah, with Lamar Jackson. You can, I don't know if it's trolling. I don't know if it's just you don't want to admit it. But the Ravens are, were a really good team this year. They were. They suffered injuries. They blew a bunch of fourth quarters. But over the long haul, they were they were really solid unit. They they were better than the Cincinnati Bengals. Like they played Cincy three times and they dominated them three times. Two of them they just had a <laughs> <Yeah>. backup quarterback. <laughs> they did. One, like three, you're yeah. laughing as it like. You can you, yeah, look, you, you a, can hang the
0: banner all you want. You had a really. I'm good not season. hanging the banner.
1: I'm just talking about the team, and it's like you have no football knowledge to talk with because you're so I'm biased. Not, and I'm not. A,
0: no, I'm not trolling. I'm just. It's just a matter of fact that the Ravens, as of today, are in the same exact spot in these NFL playoffs. Yeah, the obviously, obviously. So then this, stop that's fucking the, hanging
1: the moral victories. I don't care. I'm not. I'm talking about the team. I'm analyzing. I'm yeah, having congratulations a congratulations on building on
0: that. a really good team this year.
1: I'm not trying to hang a banner. I'm telling you from a fan's perspective exactly why this is an upsetting, disappointing season. If you're the Minnesota Vikings who lost to the Giants, you're not as upset because you knew exactly who the team was, a a team that overperformed, won a bunch of close games, and then got exposed in the playoffs. No, you can't
0: can't just do that, Jack. What are you talking about? If you're a Minnesota Vikings fan – you have every right to be more upset and, and disappointed than you are if you are a Baltimore Ravens fan. No. Team. They're no. home favorites in a playoff game with a healthy roster,
1: and it they doesn't, lost. But everyone knew who they were. Everyone. everyone. Knew,
0: yes, and everyone kind of knew that the Bengals were going to win this game. The Ravens shot. That, but that's not,
1: that's not my point. My point is that no one knows how good the Ravens are because they didn't have their fucking quarterback. And that's what – you built a great team, and you just – the missing point was that your quarterback got hurt. That's what shit. It's the same way. If Nick Foles doesn't win a Super Bowl, you don't think Eagles fans would have been like, holy shit, that's the I, most disappointing season ever because what could have been? You don't, don't think that. that
0: I, I don't live in hypotheticals like that. We did win the
1: Super Bowl. So <laughs> you're just being ridiculous. All right. All right. We, we can move on. The Giants beat the Vikings. Uh, once again, I told you. Danny Dimes, you have to assess, is a good quarterback this season with Brian Dable. And really, the story of the playoffs is there's levels to coaching. There's really bad coaches in Brandon Staley. Which will, there's we'll, good. There's
0: really bad coaches, which we'll see a primetime matchup tonight of it. Exactly. Two facing
1: off. There's good coaches, guys who, who uh, like Mike McDaniel, I think is a good coach. John Zach Harbaugh is a, is a good coach. Zach Taylor's an awful coach. Uh, and then there's great that's coaches. How, that's how personal. No, no, no. That, that's a no. You didn't know that? Yeah, whatever. And then there's great coaches. And the great coaches are good coaches, good head coaches. Time management is good. Challenging is good. Leader of men is good. The great coaches are then calling plays and setting standards on the field in terms of aggressiveness, analytics, uh, creative play calling. And we saw Doug Peterson won the Jags the game. Brian Dable has absolutely changed the Giants. I mean, it's it's insane. And then you look in Buffalo, and Josh Allen still got his and the Bills still moved on and they still had a great year. But there's it I mean, the Miami Dolphins were sending very specific blitz packages, playing Allen, forcing him to throw deep, and they made no adjustments to it. Brian Dable, the playoffs are not included. But I think it kind of shows that he should be the coach of the year because you still can't acknowledge that Daniel Jones has been good, which is fair because it's tough to like conceptualize. But that's how good Dable has been. He put he put Jones in incredible spots. Incorrect.
0: One one incorrect comment. I can definitely acknowledge that Daniel Jones has been good. What I can't physically acknowledge is that he is good. Sure. There is a distinct difference. He's playing well. He played well yesterday. He played well against a very awful Vikings defense that allowed him to just... If he had Michael Thomas yesterday, the Vikings might have won... I mean, the Giants might have won 51-7 to with how many slants they were running. (laughs) Like, that is what they... They slanted them to death. Saquon made a few Saquon plays. He turned into that running back that kind of everybody knew he is. Hits that second gear and the second level and just, boom, runs away from the entire team. But you're right. I, I still can't believe that the Giants are a good team and that Daniel Jones is a good quarterback. Did Daniel Jones play well yesterday? Yes. Has Daniel Jones played well as of lately? Yes. For the Giants to do what they did. Let's not forget, the Giants snuck into the playoffs because the NFL had a vendetta out for Dan Snyder, and the refs were rigging that Sunday night football game against Washington in the last drive of the game. But the Giants have been a fantastic story. They go into Minnesota, which I... I I struggle to remember a time where there was such a sexy underdog sharp pick that the consensus yeah. was on you nationwide.
1: Like you I fucked, fucked you. Yeah, it was so obvious and clear. Like I I everyone knew the Giants were going to win the game. They're the better team. They built for it, and you just talked me off of it. So I didn't talk yeah, you but... out of
0: it. It was just the matter of fact that it was like I've, and we both agreed that it was more anti-Vikings than it was pro-Giants, right. and I was just saying like. This is And the part of me, Jack, you're right. Maybe I did it is because, again, I can't physically rationalize in my head the Giants being a good team, Daniel Jones being a good quarterback. Uh, I still stand by that, even going into this upcoming week. But it was anti-Vikings more than it was pro-Giants. And it kind of played out exactly in that fashion, right? It was like the Giants came out early, the Vikings fought back, but in the end, the Giants were going to prevail. And that's what they did. And uh, there's... I'm going to be straight up. We'll get into it on Thursday. The game plan, everything Wednesday. There's a lot of people waking up on Eagles Twitter today that are a little bit nervous to play the Giants because it's a divisional matchup because it's the third time because they're playing well. Any team that's going into the divisional round is going to be riding high off a good win. Like, That's a matter of fact. They're all going to be playing good football. (laughs) They're all going to have to win a hard football game. And it's going to instill a little fear into a team that didn't play that week. But at the end of the day, when all those teams are on an equal playing field, what's the difference? The fucking roster. And at the end of the day, sure, the Giants won. The Giants have been playing well. They have the worst roster left out of any team in the playoffs. Plain and simple. And that's why Eagles fans should feel confident. And if you don't feel confident that you're going to beat the Giants, you don't feel confident, confident that your team can win a Super Bowl. Plain and simple. You're playing Daniel fucking Jones at home. We'll get into the game plan, but that's exactly how I feel. The Giants have been a good story. They're playing a real team now, not the Vikings. But I think the the, the culmination of this Viking season was so perfect on that last play of the game. Fourth and eight. R- hurry to the line. Kirk Cousins throws a two-yard out. To a guy on man to man coverage with someone strapped on him, a three yard catch, and he throws it short of the sticks on fourth and eight or whatever it was. If that's not Kirk Cousins in a nutshell, then I don't know what is. That was pathetic. And if I'm the Vikings, that's kind of the final straw for me. Like, how, how many times can Kirk Cousins win us 10, 11, 12 games? Are you like dying? <clears throat>
1: yeah i i think i had something in my third. how many
0: times can can kirk Cous- kirk cousins win us 10 11 12 games only to just finally beat kirk cousins again like when it matters like it, it, it's like when do we stop being he, okay he with- played
1: he actually played a, a very good game that one's sure. as much on the defense as it is on kirk cousins i understand what you're saying what is the ceiling with kirk cousins right but we've seen with jimmy garoppolo like the Niners team that went to that Super Bowl, the Niners team this year, you put Kirk Cousins on that team, they're very much a contender. He can get the ball in the sure, hands you
0: put of him of, with Kyle Shanahan.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like- so so I don't know if I'm more concerned with Kirk Cousins as I am with, okay, let's go get some defensive players first, first and foremost.
0: But I, but winning the Super Bowl with a system quarterback a Kirk Cousins type quarterback a guy that can game manage you there and then pick his spots is a lot more difficult to do with a good roster around him is a lot more difficult to do than building a team with a superstar quarterback and less talent around them and saying hey quarterback go will that's not true
1: that's not true we've 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 very clearly proven that that is inaccurate as fuck I disagree. How are you going to say you disagree? Last year, was was Matt Stafford a – was was he a superstar quarterback? In the playoffs, he was. In in the playoffs, these guys can get to that level. Kirk Cousins, we've seen – Yes, yes he can. He's thrown for 403 touchdowns over many – Matt Stafford, then who is – What do you – you won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. You, we won a Super Bowl with Joe Flacco. These guys are not superstar quarterbacks. It, it's a proven fact that the superstar quarterbacks, it's if they're taking up too much of the cap. Now, the fact that Kirk Cousins makes $35, $40 million, that is fair. I understand that on this contract, he's probably taking a up a little...
0: quarterback on star quarterback money.
1: Exactly. But I... I it hasn't been proven that the Superstar, I mean, the Niners are are as live as any other team in the playoffs, and they've got a, a you know, seventh round pick quarterback. So you don't need, you can build a very good roster and, and get there. And, you know, normally you have a chance of winning. So next game, Chargers. Oh, my God. Do we, James, do we have
0: James Droz on the pod today?
1: <laughs> it that's just it's bad coaching. Uh let's how much it's blame bad, are you putting on Justin Herbert?
0: It's bad everything. It's literally bad everything. I, I struggle to point the finger at one specific person, one specific unit. Like you can blame the defense for that second half. Sure. The defense puts you in a spot where you could go up 27-0 with your eyes. It's not like the Chargers offense in the first quarter was running it down the throats of the Jaguars D they were getting good field position because they were turning the ball over and they were converting those opportunities into points. You went up 27 to nothing. The defense forced four interceptions in the first half. Don't blame the defense in the second half. They put you in a position to win the game. Justin Herbert capitalized on those opportunities that the defense gave him in the first half and turned into a 27, nothing lead. So I guess by process of elimination, (laughs) <laughs> the finger goes to Staley. But if you're me, like the finger just goes to the vibe of being on the chargers. Like we, we, we were, you and I were both on the Jaguars financially on Saturday night. And I think I'd set it at 21, or, nothing or something or 24, nothing, whatever it was. And I was like, don't forget that the chargers have a perfect opportunity to charger this. I didn't think that was going to happen, but there's always that overarching cloud of being the chargers being the jaguars being the vikings being a team that just has that vibe where you're going to shoot yourself in the dick that it can always happen and you you put Doug Peterson on the other side who's a good coach who knows how to lead his team whose team is never going to quit on him no matter what with a good quarterback in Trevor Lawrence and that's what happens right hand up fam right hand up i went to sleep at with- 7
1: performance a la the the los angeles chargers oh you're back already you good you're on the screen you can go thank you You
0: your audio is not coming through but
1: (laughs) (laughs) all right why don't you leave and try try coming back oh my god uh colton says i wish the pod happened fresh off the loss last night i'll say this uh, the Rams have gone to the playoffs three times in the last four years. So the year uh, four years ago was the MVP season, Lamar Jackson against the Titans. I was pretty wasted for that. And I, I probably misbehaved a little bit out of character, got a little little over excited about, um, you know, the situation and then the loss uh, three years ago, which was the Bills. I was drinking during the game, you know, we were at home and I was probably at the perfect amount of buzz to where it just, it just numbed, numbed the pain. Last year we missed the playoffs. And then last night I, same thing. I, I got lucky and the return, you know, it was kind of numb. And at that point uh, I was, I was okay. So I don't think that we would have gotten too much last night. That would have been entertaining. More so, just same feeling, honestly, this morning. I don't want to talk about Lamar. I think that uh, the Ravens deserved to win, but they didn't. And And Jalen Brunson's an all-star. Yeah, and Jalen Brunson's an all-star. I will say, I don't know if you saw, but uh, the Ravens did implode slightly after the game uh harbaugh threw huntley under the bus immediately after the game let's go (laughs) uh he said you know it was a low sneak and he went high which i understand huntley's not going to be the quarterback next year um but if you want to if you want to be the players coach right you don't coach the offensive defensive special teams all you do is be the players coach and and build the culture that can't be the the right thing to say in a press conference and then jk dobbins First thing he did, locker room on Twitter, retweets a highlight of him scoring a touchdown, um, which is a move. It's certainly a move. And then in his post game presser, he got misquoted because he said some stuff like, How am I not more involved? I should be the guy. They should have, you know, been on me. We would have won with Lamar. What he was saying was, you know, pretty much that. Yeah, he was pretty much saying like I should have gotten the ball, you know, inside the one yard line. JK does not have a great relationship with the team. Uh he feels misused. And he's probably right. He's probably in the right, but also it's just tough. It's just it's just tough. So Yeah, it, a little, it, uh... it feels like we could we could switch things up.
0: I had a little during my technical difficulty. I had a little thinking moment to myself, and I want to get back to the Chargers Jaguars game real quick. Where you asked, where does the blame go? The blame goes on Brandon Staley. I don't give a shit at this point. It's like you're up twenty-seven nothing. Your team puts you in a great position to win the game. Where else do you point the blame? Like, well, you know, they you, put the, sorry, the Chargers. The responsibility fans? that you take as a coach is to deal with the blame of the bullshit that's kind of out of your control, right? It's like. OK, if there's bad throws and interceptions, we can put down the quarterback. If the team's scoring a lot of points on the other side and running all over us, which they did, we can put it on the defense. But mm. like when you have a 27 point lead. The, the coach is responsible for not fucking it up. That's genuinely how I feel. Call a conservative game plan. Run the ball. Take your chances to get first downs.
1: And it's like they kind of did all that, though. That was a the problem. They couldn't run the ball. It's why it's. My analysis of these playoffs, I, I wanna give myself a pat on the back has been I spot on. I said that do. the Chargers are just not built for the playoffs, and they're inefficient in the red zone after those two touchdowns. They didn't score again. And then they, they have bad coaching and they can't run the ball. So they, they couldn't play with the lead, and that's what that's what cost them. So I will say this the blame goes on a few people. One Brandon Staley, of course. But one thing that was really interesting, and a report dropped before the Giants game as well at some point yesterday, and it applies to Brandon Staley, it applies to John Harbaugh, and this is what takes you know the decent coaches and the bad coaches to an even lower level, is the politicking in sports and in hiring other coaches. The coaching staff is not only the head coach, but it's the fact that Lombardo, Lombardi, whoever, whoever the OC for the Charges. is, He's really, really bad. And these guys hire their friends and they hire the guys they know and they keep rehiring the same Nepotism in sports? No. Nepotism in sports. And Brian Dable, they came out with a report yesterday that Brian Dable shocked the NFL world when he didn't hire his friends. He didn't care who the coaches he had relationship with were, and he just hired good coaches. And it's like, how did Jason Garrett continue to get head coaching jobs? Every single person knows he is not a good coach in today's NFL. And he continued to get jobs. And Dable's like, you know what? Let's hire these forward-thinking guys. And the McVeighs of the world, the Shanahans of the world, the McDaniels of the world, like – it's it I mean you get a, you get a job
0: single. if you, if you bumped into McDaniel or McVeigh at a mall at this point mm-hmm. like that's how you get a job but i do agree with that that there is nepotism in sports however i will say jack that if one of us ever gets a job on an nfl coaching team we damn well better hire the other person <laughs>
1: fuck that <laughs> All right, i, I, wanna, I, I, I no i feel it right now I, Look, I totally feel that. And look, nepotism in sports got got me a left-handed all-star in Jalen Brunson. So sometimes it works out for the best, but it's just just mind-boggling that, like, how could Ravens fans for two years know that Greg Roman is not the answer, but he stays in the position? How could Chargers fans know what was going to cost them down the stretch, and it still happens? And it's just like it almost seems so simple in the moment And it's just it's just crazy. So,
0: we as a collective podcast, I want to I'm going to do this right after the episode ends. I will be blocking and muting the words Emmanuel Acho on my timeline today. And I'm not even a Chargers fan. That guy. See, listen, when you are in the sports media, and I'm going to be honest, like Jack and I, to an extent, are, but it's a lot different than someone that's on a a national TV broadcast whose takes are kind of orchestrated for him that it's a it's a it's a clicky thing and everything but when your first move like listen let's compare it to me and the ravens and uh, with the chargers as emmanuel Acho took to twitter saturday night and was like i'm going to be unbearable chargers fans this chargers fans that i could have done the same thing last night with jack but my problem isn't with the ravens my problems with jack So, like, I'm not going to go ahead and rip the Ravens, rip this. I will. But, like, a lot of my torture is just going to be personal to Jack. And that's where Emmanuel Acho gets, like, fucking weird about it. He's, like, running around like he won a Super Bowl because they blew a (laughs) 27-0 lead. And and I I might sound hypocritical because I'm probably guilty of this in some regard where I'm just going to trash a team. But usually it comes from personal with my friends. Like I just hate
1: them. But that's the thing. He's trashing. He's not even trashing the Chargers. He's actually just trashing Herbert, who has no like personal relationship. They
0: probably have never met,
1: right? And and Justin Herbert doesn't think about Emmanuel Acho as he's throwing a pass on third down. Like that, he, he's making Herbert and the Chargers about himself. And there's nothing worse in sports. And this this is the worst part. It's like if if. You came on the podcast and were like, I knew that since he was going to kill you guys and I told you and it's just like straight up wrong. Like Justin, Justin Herbert, you were still wrong about everything, every step of the way. You were incorrect that Justin Herbert isn't that dude that isn't an unbelievable quarterback who is being held back by the coaching staff. Does Justin Herbert deserve blame? Sure. He probably should have scored more than three points. But it's not like you proved out anything that Tua was better than Herbert. Like Also, you're just a bizarre.
0: shitty member of the media where it's like, like we've seen this before, right? Stephen A. has his shtick with Cowboys, with the Cowboy yeah. fans. He makes it funny and everything. Emmanuel Acho picked the Chargers. The Chargers have seven total fans of all. Like you're going <laughs> after a, a four-man army and it's like, dude, nobody ever talks about the Chargers. I know
1: one of them. And I know that he sent a text last night or Saturday night when they're up saying, this is the best day of my life. And they went up 27 nothing. It's tough. That's tough. Uh, and I think he probably knew at 27-7 and definitely at twenty-seven-fourteen, that that text was going to well, be Well, when incredible. it was
0: twenty-seven-fourteen, like I think everyone knew it was Like the Jaguars were winning.
1: Yeah, it, it was very clear. Uh, and they didn't really face much much restraint either. Uh, we go to the first game of the slate, which was the San Francisco 49ers against the Seahawks. This one felt like a good reminder to people that it's an NFL playoff game. So not, not taking the Oblong ball approach, but most of the time these teams, even the best teams are going to be within a very reasonable range to the playoff teams, especially now that we're headed to the divisional round. Like you said, Abe. The, the fact that, I mean, the Chiefs are eight and a half point favorites, there, there is a gap between the two, but one possession, one turnover, you know, kind of swings these things. And the Seahawks fought back. They had an able quarterback. They had two nice wide receiver weapons, and they could stay in the game. The Niners are really, really good. The one thing that I was nervous for was I was going to be ready to sell Brock Purdy stock, and it looked like it was going to be an easy sale in the first quarter. Inaccurate looked a little nervous, happy feet in the pocket. And then he didn't play great by any stretch, but it's more so like, can you, can you respond to adversity and stay consistent and understand that over 60 minutes, if I make the right plays, get the ball in the right player's hands, that the Niners are going to be a very, very tough team to beat. Are you, at this point, would you rather face uh, Brock Purdy or Daniel Jones? That's not fair. Like I'm saying like face it... the Niners or the Giants. No, no, no. more I would so like face
0: Brock Purdy, but I would rather face the Giants.
1: Okay. All right. So you, st- so you think you're still not buying into Purdy.
0: Okay. Here we go. It might start to get personal with Purdy at this point. Um, I, I, the, that first half kind of went exactly how I thought. I, I genuinely thought Seattle would be in that game the entire time. And they were in the first half. And Purdy did not look good in the first half whatsoever. And and specifically when Purdy didn't look good, it was the rare occasions where Seattle got after him with four players. Seattle's mm-hmm. pass rush pass rush is not good. Now they were able to game plan and Debo and McCaffrey and Kiddo, they have the weapons, don't get me wrong. But listen, it's this it's the Seahawks. There, it's a it's a, it's there's levels to this, in my opinion, and I think you'll see that. Next round, specifically, maybe if Dallas gets... See, it's Dallas or it's a bad Tampa Bay team. So like, I'll probably roll with the Niners again. And maybe I'm just gearing this up to be a personal attack as to why the Eagles are going to beat the 49ers. Brock Purdy doesn't scare me one bit. This mojo that's going on doesn't scare me one bit. If you get after him, a seventh-round quarterback in the rookie, on the road nonetheless, like I genuinely think he'll fold. Listen, the Eagles could somehow... Lose next game, or oh well, no, I don't think the Giants would, whatever. But like, let's say if Brock Purdy went on the road somewhere else and a good front four got after, like, this isn't personal to the Eagles. Now, I do think the Eagles will beat the Niners, that doesn't worry me whatsoever. What but do you like, mean
1: that doesn't worry you whatsoever? I just said what I said, plain and simple,
0: it doesn't worry me. They don't keep <laughs> me up at night. I think we'll beat Brock fucking Purdy at home in the NFC championship game, but. They built a good team around him, a fantastic defense, fantastic weapons. But I think when the going gets tough and the pressure's on big time, that's when Brock will, will crumble. And it, it, I, I thought it would happen a little bit in the game on Saturday. I thought maybe Seattle would cover. Sam Frank came out in the second half, absolutely blew the doors off them. A Geno fumble was, was a large help into that and, and kind of really making the game go the 49ers way but I' I'm still, maybe it's also because and I'm not saying maybe this is another reason why it's because stop fucking shoving him down my throat on the national broadcast, the
1: Mr. Irrelevant. But he's different. he's he's different than uh, Burrow in my opinion. Like Burrow is the cocky knows he's great and is the cocky. Purdy, it's more so people putting it on him. He hasn't made that that mistake to me that it's like, all right, now he's, he's buying into the hype. Like the LeBron thing, he was genuinely like, oh, LeBron suit, that's pretty cool. Like ha ha. like he is just this little chump who knows he probably shouldn't be there and he's playing his ass off. So I can't hate Brock Purdy. You obviously have to position it so that you can. Does, what about Jalen Hurts? I mean, you're talking about, you're talking about Brock Purdy under pressure. Have we seen Jalen Hurts? I mean, seen you guys Jaylen have
0: Hurts with multiple game-winning drives this year, but no, you're right. In the playoffs, we haven't. Like in a high-pressure situation in a must-win football game, like we necessarily. Who's have the
1: to... best unit defensive unit you guys have faced this year? Mm, I
0: mean, when when we played Dallas, everyone was talking about their unit. Obviously, it didn't transpire like that throughout the year. Who is the best right. unit we've played all year? Let's see. Um. We hung 40 on
1: the Packers. Listen, man, we just played who we played. What do you want us to do? No, no, no. I all I'm saying is yes, I I agree. Like get pressure on any young quarterback. I think that in your head what you're visualizing is win possessions against, you know, the Niners offense and you'll be good. I don't Know if the Eagles are going to go ahead and score like they have been all season, like last night, Cincinnati. I would have been very intrigued to see Philly in that spot. I I actually give a ton of credit to Cincy and to Joe Burrow. They had like five possessions in the whole game, really, and they just took what they got and they scored a couple times and they trusted the defense. They didn't make the mistake and they got out scot free and. I think when you're a team like Philly, who's been so dynamic, so dominant offensively, like the Mahomes thing, like Mahomes, there was that five-game stretch uh, maybe two seasons ago where like people were just sitting back and he couldn't take what was underneath. And I just don't know if, if Jalen Hurts falls behind, Eagles fans at home get anxious. I, I just think that, yes, Brock Purdy will be under pressure. But that Niners D is going to get after whoever they play, which puts them in a bad spot. So Bills, Dolphins, another great reminder that don't turn the ball over and anything could happen because uh, Josh Allen, he, he, as good as he is, he leaves teams in games, still believe they're going to beat Cincy. I still believe we're probably now going to get a AFC championship in Atlanta, which is pretty fun. It's a pretty fun situation. I, I, I can't continue to
0: buy into the Bills. I just can't. I Listen, Credit. we'll get Eagleson on hopefully later today. He can talk whatever he wants to talk. Jack and I said there's no way that the Dolphins put up 28 points. The Dolphins didn't put up 28 points. Josh Allen just lended them a few points a few <laughs> different times, plain and simple. That's what happened. I don't think anyone at any point – I mean, the Dolphins were driving to win the game or to tie the game. Uh, then they bad coaching nice. for McDaniel, bad communication on the downs and the Bills ended up winning, delay a game, whatever. Um, I'm sorry I can't make the Bills as the favorite to come out of the AFC. I just cannot play in step one. To be honest, Jack, I got to sit and think about it, but I'm probably rolling with Cincinnati next week. People forget that they were up mm. 7-3 and driving. about to blow them out a few weeks ago.
1: They were, and, and they match up great with them because really – It's tough to match up with a team like Cincinnati, which is why I was so frustrated about last night and why I was so excited to potentially go to Kansas City, because this league is all about matchups. It's why the Giants matched up beautifully with the Vikings yesterday, and they probably do not match up great with Philly because Philly's going to disrupt. Anything they want to do. They're going to limit Saquon, which is going to limit Jones play action, which is going to limit short routes with how Slay and Bradbury are going to match up. The Bills don't match up with Cincy great, but Since he's in a in a bad spot right now. They're down three offensive linemen. And, and quite frankly, that's going to be the difference in why they get knocked out next week. Um, CJ Shroud has yeah, just declared for the NIL, NFL. Draft.
0: That NIL check had to have bounced.
1: <laughs> um, Bills, yeah, I, I just think they're they're a really good team. Allen actually plays pretty well in the playoffs. At least that's what Romo and Nance said 400 times in the first half. So I'm going to just keep riding with the Bills because I think they're the best team. Are they inconsistent? Yes. Could they get bounced because of a one bad play here or there? Absolutely. But I'll continue to rock with them. Uh, and I think Eagleson's going to add on a little bit later on uh on the audio version of this nfl My bounce, ref-
0: baby it just bounces sometimes the ball bounces sometimes you should have go low when you went high and, and that's yeah. the difference in a game
1: yeah it i mean it's crazy that's the oblong ball like that ball could have bounced into gus edwards hands and he could have fell to the ground or scored uh it's it's a game of inches shout out it's- to mike
0: tarico for the call because there was a lot of hate on the internet for Al Michaels and Tony Dungy on Saturday night for calling like as if it was the Masters on (laughs) Thursday or something. And they had to be quiet in a scrum during that fumble return. Mike Tirico was on it. That ball popped out and he was yelling and everyone knew right away. Whereas I didn't really if you watch it on mute, you probably don't know what's going on until you see Sam Hubbard at the 40 yard line. But Mike Tirico was on that So shout out to Tirico winning the weekend.
1: Yes. Almost already getting annoying. Yeah. The announcers, they really can make or break a game, at least from viewing experience. And yeah, he did a great job last night. I thought that they were uh really good in just their assessment of how the game was going. Collinsworth wasn't annoying, which was great. Well, because Burrow wasn't on the field, so he couldn't he couldn't gawk gawk him, but uh, yeah, I, I it was a it was a great game, and I think it deserved to be in that window. And I think the window was also in hopes of of Lamar being. It was a,
0: It was a great game, like in, in its entirety, looking back. But like, I was very bored watching the Ravens last night. Like, it was not of entertaining. Course.
1: Of course, that's I mean, that's how the Ravens. That's what we had to do, and that's what we did. Uh, Monday Night Football. Cowboys travel to Tampa Bay. I'm bummed about this because I really wanted the Cowboys to play Philly, which is why I was rooting for Minnesota, although my G-men are are now headed to Philly next week. Uh, Ryan Jensen is active. Huge impact for the Bucs. Starting center, pro ball level, all pro level. Center is back. And in a game that is so tightly contested, these are the little things that can make a difference. Uh, everyone's rolling with the Bucs. I think there is are a they? little. Yeah.
0: Are they? yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Everyone's rolling with the Bucks because most people are in a. I don't know. I'm going and, Tom at home, which which is fair. It's a, fa- it's, it's <laughs> it's a, a fair, fair
0: argument as If you if you never know who to bet on, <laughs> betting on the guy that's won seven Super Bowls isn't the worst strategy against a team that's. I, I think Tom Brady's won thirty-five playoff games. And the Cowboys have won three in the last thirty years, or something.
1: And he's never lost to them, like he's never lost. Yeah. To them. And they're playing on grass, which I actually do think plays into this. Like, there's... I mean, this
0: stat came out this week, and everyone is running with the Cowboys on grass. It's a
1: thing. It's a thing. Um, who do I think wins? I am a roll with the Cowboys, but like, I am not gonna say, "Oh, this is for sure going to be," you know, who wins this game? Uh, and and people think that it could be a shootout. Because both the offensive have, both the offenses have amazing weapons, uh, can get vertically, and the defense has been bad. And a lot of people think it could be a low-scoring game because that's just kind of how the Cowboys play in the playoffs. That's how Tom plays in the playoffs. The defenses have so much potential. They could run the ball. I don't know. That, that's more of a question to me. How do you see the game playing out? High-scoring or like a true 24-21 playoff game?
0: My natural gut says I think it's going to be a high scoring game just because I think that's the only way that these either team can probably win. So, with that being said, I think it's probably an ugly like 20 to 17 game in the well, end.
1: Well, I, I think that the, the thing that is tough for us to conceptualize is we've been in betting forever, right? We've been watching football and playoff football forever. And there has been, and this is why I kept harping on the Ravens organization about pay your quarterback, don't worry about, you know, who you guys are as a franchise, et cetera, is the game has changed. Like, people are much better offensively. People are much better at attacking weaknesses. The coaching has gone to another level. I think
0: every game has gone over this weekend. So All far.
1: five games have gone over. And there's, there's probably not this playoff football anymore where you used, to be, you used to play conservative, you used to play not to lose, you used to run the football and play better defense in the playoffs. Yes, the Giants, they, they did a great job of locking Justin Jefferson down and making that part of the game plan. But an equivalent part of the game plan was run Saquon off left tackle, run play action and slant them to death, which just helps them score a shit ton of points. So I, I think that... You know, Undersman, if he was like that, would lean towards the over. And I'm with you. Like, we just need to acknowledge the Cowboys defense, which is amazing. They're not that Stop. they're not they're not. And the okay. Bucks defense, which has so much potential, but they don't because they're not actually stopping anyone. So like, like get everyone, have-
0: everyone needs to just like get off the pieces of paper it's right exactly at what point in the season does on paper go out the toilet i think a sample size of 18 weeks of football is enough to throw out the pieces (laughs) of paper if you're a month into the season and the dolphins just won their first super bowl in in week two (laughs) yeah on paper matters but 18 weeks in the season throw that shit out i have zero absolutely zero analysis on this game I think it's as coin flip as they come. I have the same amount of analysis that I had on the Chargers Jaguars on Saturday night where I said either team I can see winning. And listen, I'm in a little bit of of a predicament here because I'm in a unique situation as an Eagles game watching this than you are as, as as a Ravens fan the idea of potentially playing Dallas in an NFC championship game, I don't think they'd go to Sam Fran and beat them. Intrigues me beyond measures because it's Dallas, Philly. It'll energize the team. It'll energize the fans even more so than a Sam Fran Eagles. Um,
1: Seeing Dallas really put any stock into that. Like you said, you said that before, but like, are they not going to get out for this game? And, no, and what, does it, and what games, does it matter? And what does it matter? Of though.
0: course, of course. But I just, I, I do. And I think if you were in a situation where it was. Like but a doesn't it play the Baltimore, same with Dallas? What are you talking about?
1: I'm saying like, you're saying like Philly will be so energized. Like wouldn't Dallas be right, just as. In our building.
0: I think that's the main difference. The I don't fans, know.
1: That's... The fans don't actually make a difference.
0: I really, really disagree. I truly, truly disagree. And that could be biased. And I'll, I'm fine with that. Um, But on the flip side of it, like, do I want Dallas to win? Literally never. Does the idea of Tom getting a playoff win under his belt, again, kind of scare me if we imagine. I'm sorry, the Bucs can be who they are. Tom Brady in the playoffs is always going to scare me. He just is. So, like, keeping him around when the Eagles are still in is scary. It it is. Um, But on the flip side, if Tom were to stay – or if tom were to win and the cowboys lose i even though jerry jones disagrees in the main media think mike mccarthy would probably be gone Mm -hmm. whereas i think dallas could talk themselves into keeping him if he beat tom brady tonight oh for sure so that's why i might like be rooting for for dallas um but whatever you guys already
1: you guys already got the gift which is is the Giants won, and that's the best matchup for you guys. And you guys now have a your seven point favorites to walk to the NFC home championship. Can't ask. Now it's you know it's just it's it's sprinkles on top of the the ice cream sundae. Doesn't feel like um, six
0: years Hawks at all. No.
1: <laughs> well, at, at least there's not like a major history of you saying the Giants aren't good. They're shitty. They're bad. Uh, you don't fear them, Daniel Jones thinks, Brian D'Abel's overrated. As long as there's not that type of content on the internet, then I'm sure none of that will come back to bite you. So you should be good there. Uh, Tyler, our board Tyler says, it's true. It feels like the Bengals were playing defense all game. I did give them credit uh, where credit was due. At least Burrow, I gave credit. But yeah, uh, we are down to the final nine. We'll be eight. Eight teams left. They're gonna be good football teams. Um Let's and go score quite...
0: prediction for tonight.
1: Score prediction for tonight. I'll go 34-31. Cowboys win.
0: I'm gonna go 27-24 bucks at the buzzer.
1: Yeah, that, that's how it feels. It feels like it's ending on a game winning kick. Um, Tom. Tom, Tom, Tom. I like yeah, Dallas not...
0: first half. Tampa to win, maybe. I don't know. I feel like Tom yeah, Brady's had these comeback victories all year.
1: If you if you said, "Is Dak Prescott going to throw like multiple interceptions?" That's probably I would tell you who wins the game just based off that.
0: Well, Trevor Lawrence threw four and won the
1: game. Right, but <laughs> but Dak's not. Dak's not gold jacket.
0: He's not playing Tom Brady.
1: No. Um, last thing. L- lost in all the mayhem of last night's game was holy shit, James Prochet. Like, that wasn't Gronk's almost catch. That was like he like should have called. Like Did we address
0: caught. when I had a technical difficulty the whole going for two thing? So, like, you're in a room with five Ravens fans, right? Yeah. You're by no everyone knows when you're in a room like that. Everyone's thinking it, but who's going to be the first one to say it in that room? Like,
1: it's like, why? You think it's a jinx? I think there's an aspect of
0: that that's like uh. just. It depends on who you are as a person, but I feel like there's definitely rooms that you've been in where if you were to say, "Do we go for two Everyone's like, "Why would you say that over now?" Right, we like gotta we got a score for it. We
1: gotta no. Score for it, it.
0: Shut up! It,
1: it, that wasn't the vibe because the vibe was almost like at with that house point. Money. At that point, we were like. We weren't prior until that point with the disaster of the. If Lamar was
0: playing, I think the conversation of going for two was a lot different.
1: If Lamar was playing, uh, we probably wouldn't go for two because it would have been forty-two to to seven. Okay, Um, (laughs) but the I actually think there was a. I mean, we we would have always wanted to go for two. Like John would have gone for two. The offense would have wanted to go for two. You want to end the game right there. I think that's the correct decision, especially because On the, the road. Ravens had been successful moving the ball up into that point, even in short yardage. But equal argument to uh, the touchdown doesn't end the game and the way the Ravens had just stopped the Cincy, the last three possessions, three and outs, there's definitely an argument that said, all right, let's you know, let's just kick with Tucker and, and such. So
0: speaking of Ravens short game, I wish this really this really, really like pissed me off. Mark Andrews it, half no, back dive because it worked multiple times. There were three separate times where the Ravens went for it on either fourth and inches and fourth and one out of mm. the fucking shotgun. Yeah. and credit to Snoop Huntley for being very patient and waiting for his blocks and following mm. his blocks. But that made my skin boil. I hate it. It's yeah. never that deep. Sneak the fucking ball. Just don't
1: let. The I mean, other teams you're saying that. Yeah, you're saying that now, as if like we didn't well, lose just the game. Don't be an game. idiot. Don't be an idiot. Yeah. No. no don't ball. be an idiot. Um. I. Yeah. I agree. I, no. That's the not a Ravens thing. It's every every team. Yeah. You know, James. Frank the Ravens do run that. They run that action a, a lot. Um. And they're fairly successful doing it, but. Yeah, it's it's like just always go into the sneak. Obviously you know the Eagles are losing in the playoffs due to a quarterback sneak, right? With how much like they they've just fucking I don't
0: think we're losing in the playoffs.
1: However, I
0: will say that I believe the Giants were one of the teams that stopped us like two times in the same game or same half at one point.
1: It's going to um, be like a Hertz fumble or something. But yeah, the irony of the irony that we finally went into a sneak And he got the yard. Like, if he had gone low, I actually think he scores. But even if not, it would have been fourth and goal from the one-inch You just didn't
0: have to put the ball on a silver platter.
1: Unlucky. But that's, you know, that's the difference with your backup quarterback. We move on. Monday football tonight. Uh, Happy MLK Day. Uh, In four hours, uh, Jalen Brunson and the New York Knicks will take on the Toronto Raptors. It's basketball season in in my camp for now. You headed to the garden? I'm not headed to the garden. I'm, I'm apartment shopping today. Gotcha. Mm, um, and I, I need a little. I need a little break from from sports at the moment. But I will be at the link on Saturday night. Uh, apartment? My, Are you actually? No, but I kind of want to go. Just to apartment. See
0: apartment later. shopping in New York City is one of the more extreme sports. So I wouldn't say that you're not. Yeah. Yeah, the only there, thing yeah. more
1: depressing than the Ravens is is finding out the apartment you want got leased. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, fam. Have a good week. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Much love.
1: Peace.
2: What's up, guys? Eagleson here. Just wanted to pop in at the end of the episode and kind of give some Dolphins takes for you guys. Jack and Abe wanted to record during my, during my class, so I thought I would come on, give the people what they want to hear. Um, first off, I guess I just want to say it was it was disappointing it was bittersweet but i was surprised to be where we were i'm not gonna lie have the game be that close i was i was surprised but obviously when you're in it and it came down to it i thought we were gonna win that game you know um tough on the fourth and one and then the delay game can't do that you're not gonna win a game like that that, that was super tough mcdaniel said afterwards but that's because of a miscommunication with the refs. They told them it was a first down. Turns out it wasn't. They had the wrong personnel in. I don't know how true that is, but if it is, like that's that's a tough way to get screwed because they were driving. Obviously, no guarantees they would have scored, but hell, we were at midfield. They could have at least gotten to field goal range. Um, either way, it was technically the Dolphins' best playoff game in almost two decades, so that's a positive I'll take from it. Other positives, I guess, is they... Like, we were, no one gave us a chance, right? No, not, like, no one, in, like, Jack and Abe were saying they didn't think we would score. What'd they say? We didn't think we'd get over 20 points, something like that. Scored 30, 31. So, you know, all in all, Skylar Thompson did not really give us the best chance to win this game. But, I mean, hey, kind of exposed the fraudulent bells. And, more importantly, that fraud, that absolute fraud, Joshua Allen in Buffalo can't wait to see them get killed by Cincy next week it's gonna really just make me very happy um yeah like other than that I don't really know what to say fam it was it was very tough I really think we had a shot um I just don't know what to do about Tua I know there's some quarterbacks out there he still has a year that's gonna be something I need to think long and hard about but uh yeah I guess that's about it have a good one fam